Namaste. Hello. Welcome. Wherever you are on this beautiful planet, it is great to be back for another trigger-proof transmission. It's been a while, I have to admit. I have, uh, if you're new to this community, welcome. My name is Dr. Nima Romani, and I started this community about a year ago when the pandemic hit and I was in this state of lockdown here, apart away from my wife who uh, to, was living in Victoria at the time. I had just come back from holidays and, or a, a seminar. And I started this group and because people were unraveling and I wanted to create tools that helped you regulate yourself during a stressful pandemic, during a very difficult time. At the time, I remember showing up twice a day, once at 11 a.m. and once at 7 p.m., to give tools that helped people who are normally, during a really difficult time, going through a crisis of change and uncertainty, and all of the past traumas, all of our uncertain, all of our stories about uncertainty, all of our stories about authority, all of our uh, stories within our relationships and our incongruencies and, and, and misalignments and misattunements and breakdowns, they literally all started bubbling to the surface and I could see that the world was starting to unravel. And luckily, uh, I had been dedicating my life to training myself and my community how to become more resilient to stress during a crisis. Wow. What crises? Well, people, uh, you know, if you're new to this community, my name is Dr. Nima Romani, and I am an interpersonal trauma specialist that started off in my former life as a chiropractor, curious about that mind-body connection, wondering why is it that some patients got better, no problem, I could help them, and others, no matter what, were actually un untreatable, unhelpable. And I realized that those people that were unhelpable had an unconscious part of them that was tied into the suffering. There's an unconscious part of them that was tied into the suffering, usually at the hands of old attachment wounds. <clears throat> and so as I worked on those within myself, going through crisis of divorce, career change, existential crisis, midlife crisis, literally over the last 10 years, if you had all of the top stressful events except for death of a spouse, death of a, a child, I can't claim to uh, experience that level of grief and trauma, so I'm not even going to try to pretend like, uh, you know, you, know, you might have gone through something way worse on that list. So I'm just sharing from my perspective, over 10 years, it was as though me I was going through one crisis after another, ironically helping people heal at the same time, whereas my twin brother, who are twins, pretty, pretty identical, uh, not, we're not identical twins, but we had you know similar parents, we had the same parents, so why did he not have the same challenges within himself and with relationships that I did? He has challenges, but they're completely different and relationships wasn't a problem. But for me, traditionally it was. So 
years ago after my last relationship ended, my divorce uh, back in 2011 and several failed relationships after another, that last one had me kind of blowing up everything. It blew up everything. It gave me like this big, massive identity crisis going, what the fuck just happened? How did I get to this level of unconsciousness? Surely I can't blame her for this because this has been a pattern again and again and again. And maybe if I've been getting the same type of feedback again and again from people, from the people that I've been dating and my ego just didn't really want to see it. It was like, maybe I got to kind of do some, some uncomfortable work, uh, which I'm about to talk to you about in a moment. <laughs> it's not comfortable. It's not pleasant. Uh, however, it was the one thing that liberated me from my unconscious motives to repeat patterns in relationships that I had no idea I was doing, but everybody else could see it. That's the problem about our shadow, isn't it? You totally know what's going on with your mom's shadow, your dad's sh dark passenger shadow, what I like to call dark passenger, because I'm a fan of Dexter. Um, you have no problem. We have no problem seeing that in other people, but looking at ourselves is very painful. And what we do is we don't want to look at ourselves, so we project externally. And so what's happening on the, this internal landscape inside our bodies that's so uncomfortable from those unresolved conflicts, because of our, 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 our avoidance of looking at them inside, we can't run away from them. So what happens is on the outside world, we start to experience things that are indicative of what's happening in the projector inside our bodies. This unconscious projector recreating things. Now, when I say this, it triggers a lot of people because the first thing that, that I hear is, are you saying it's my fault that I had all these terrible things happen in my relationships? And this group has gotten close to 5,000 people now. And I, wow. Uh, th so this conversation is becoming very popular about attachment styles, and I really want to demystify it with you on this, on this Facebook Live. So <clears throat> by the end of this, you're going to understand it from a completely different perspective that you're probably not hearing a lot. Um, and so essentially, we then unconsciously create these patterns through no fault of our own. So it's not about blame. You're saying it's my fault. We create them through no fault of our own. But then, like in my situation, I had to look and go, okay, this wasn't my fault, but why was <clears throat> this same experience happening no matter who I was with? There was something blind within myself, and that's why we need guides. I sure as fuck didn't do this alone uh, because I don't want to look at my blind spots. I don't want to face my shadows. It's like weight loss. You know, it's like, can you, can you help my mother? I get this message uh, on my DM. Can you help my mother? Is this gonna help my mother with depression? My response to her was, <laughs> you can't fix somebody who doesn't wanna be fixed. <laughs> I said it. So you can I just imagine this daughter who's fed up with her mother having depression, wants to help. And it's like, can I, I've just gotta research stuff. So they come across my work. She asks a very innocent question and did not get the response that she was wanting. What she was wanting was for me to say, Absolutely, this could totally help your mother. This work will 
completely transform her life and you won't recognize her. The truth is it will, but the difference is not everybody's ready to do this. They, in fact, if you're listening to this, chances are you're of the 90% who's not ready to actually face their shadows. There's too many barriers, there's too many obstacles, there's time, there's money, there's space, there's trust. The truth is, is that we're just afraid of facing our shadows. So of course, when you do, the 10% who actually do, some of you kind of watch these videos and you're lurking and going, oh, this is very entertaining, but this video is not gonna cut it for you to actually solve the root cause of your attachment wounds. Just going, oh, okay, thanks, I know what it is now, and then not actually taking action steps towards healing will keep you stuck in the same pattern. Why? Because I do this work and I still don't enjoy, do, well, I've now kind of learned to enjoy it, but it's painful. The truth is very painful. It makes you wanna barf. It brings up all of these sensations within you. It's like weight loss, you know? When you have you know, changed your lifestyle and lost 20 pounds, it wasn't because your mom told you to do it. It wasn't because your daughter told you to do it. So my response to this daughter was, instead of rescuing her, this isn't going to help. She, you know, you can't rest, this is what I messaged her, I said, you can't rescue other people. They have to want to do it for themselves. If she's interested, here's my Facebook group, come and, come and learn, because she's gotta actually, you can't feed them unless they're hungry. Her response to me was, mm, judging by your response, I can tell that this isn't the place for my mom. And I was like, bingo, you got that right. <laughs> so lately, how I know that I've been, uh, this work has really started taking off, like in a big way, is now we interview people before they come into our workshops and we disqualify some people. Right off the bat, we were like, no, this isn't for you. Mm, this might not be the right place for you. I'll even say comments in the group where people will say stuff, are you saying it's my fault? You know, with lots of exclamation marks, which let me know that big emotions are happening and that you're really offended by what I'm saying, um, you'll let me know <laughs> and I'll be like, you know what? I don't think this is a right, this place is the right fit for you. I'm not saying you don't belong. That's not, it's not a you don't belong. I'm just saying not everybody's meant to be compatible. This work is completely different. This work involves going to really uncomfortable places that's not all about love and light. In fact, it's quite the opposite. And one of my pet peeves is when people have been doing their attachment style quiz and they're like, spot on, anxious, spot on, avoidant, spot on. It's like there's this, there's this deep, which I understand, there's this deep sense of validation that happens when people find out what their attachment styles are. And it's like, oh my gosh, thanks. Now I gotta fix myself. I gotta work on myself. And then I just, I'm just kind of scratching my head going, how on earth are you going to do that? Do you have any idea what's supposed to happen? Do you have any idea what the steps are in order to resolve this? 
I'm here to tell you what your attachment style is. Your attachment style is the neurological, it, it, it's, it's a neurological network. That's what your attachment style is. You have a neuro neurological network of patterns that have been laid down in your nervous system since childhood. And these patterns were not started by you. You are at the effect of the patterns of your parents. So if you ask yourself these questions, what were my religious beliefs and idealisms at the time? What was, what was I trained and conditioned to think was good or bad? Did I have a strict authoritarian type of, you know, like you're gonna, my way or the highway, or did you not have guidance or whatever? Or did you know that <coughs> the mother that showed up to say hello and, and tuck you to bed, tuck you into bed was going to be a consistent mother that was gonna wake up and take care of you? Or did you go through periods of time where your parents were such a shit show that they had no idea how to meet even your physical needs? Heat, uh, food, did you go to bed hungry? Did you have uh, the experience where your parents were engaged, embodied, uh, able to meet your emotional needs and mirror and empathize with you and validate your experience? Or were you like many who were raised in spare the rod, spoil the child? Now your attachment style is your neurological foundation of, of how you bond, bonded with your primary caregivers. You either didn't have your needs met and had to ultimately constantly feel like you were performing, 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 pleasing, helping in order to feel worthy of love, boom, then you would be adopting the anxious attachment style that you felt a state of distress when the primary caregiver went away because you didn't know when she was coming back, he was coming back, you didn't know what version of them would come back. So this hypervigilant fear of abandonment and overperforming and losing yourself and preoccupied with the feelings of the other is forms the foundation of your attachment style uh, if you're anxious. Now, if you had the opposite experience, you had another experience uh, where you uh, your primary caregivers weren't consistent. They didn't meet your emotional needs, only validated you and gave you pats on the back when you were given, um, you know, when you performed, when you did well, and it was very performance-based. This was in my situation. Uh, then you then learned how to become an island. You learned that soothing your own emotions weren't going to, your emotional needs weren't going to get met by, by your caregivers. So you kind of form a little island and kind of want space to process your own emotions, right? And ironically, the avoidant, then you become the avoidant attached. The avoidant and the anxious attached are like, like a moth to a flame. Then there's the disorganized, which is this deep need to connect and bond, but the inconsistency of the primary caregivers and the fact that sometimes they were harmful has this feeling of a need for mom and dad, but a deep paralyzing fear of a lack of safety in wanting them. So it's this confusion where you have your gas pedal going and your brake going at the same time where you're stuck in a freeze. You get into freeze response when you get triggered, 
but you have and you, and you don't move but there's an incredible amount of distress going on inside of your body this is what we would call the disorganized or the the fearful avoidant um, so what do you do what does all this mean i'm here to tell you that your attachment style is not fixed it doesn't mean that you're doomed in fact it means very little except as just a window and a diagnostic and go hmm I see how I'm behaving, and now I'm committed to completely behaving differently, to showing up feeling safe and secure in a relationship, to showing up feeling confident, to showing up being able to express my needs, to showing up being able to hold space for the other person's emotions and not, you know, and have my own individuality. In other words, I want to show up being able to have me and have you too, right? I, not that if I have you, then I lose me. I want to be able to have me and have you too. This proximity and distancing, there's stress-free getting together and leaving apart. Um, yeah, this sense of kind of goodness, this, this, this nourishment, this safety within one another. Every one of us, please write this down, every one of us have this as our birthright. We are born with, with this as our birthright, but unfortunately, the experiences you've gone through based on the attachment style of your parents and their unresolved wounds get downloaded onto you. It's like this, here's, here's where we are. So if you saw a, um, you saw a, you did a quiz and that it exposed you to what that is, whether you're secure, you're anxious, disorganized, avoidant, it, doesn't matter it's just a ah snapshot it's not your reality that you're doomed to forever not at all now people surprised me when i put out this quiz people were like oh thank you gotta go work on myself and and not really knowing what that means and so I decided to do this training today to give you the steps of what, you know, if you're really wanting to climb that mountain towards security. Essentially what it, what it means, um, instead of thinking that you're doomed with an attachment style, I want you to start looking at it completely differently. What you're really wanting to know is, can, you know, what, can I, given my current attachment style, actually have a healthy, secure relationship? Is it even possible for somebody like me? After everything that I've been through, I haven't, some, some of our clients, they haven't dated in 20 years. One of the clients that just began our Intimacy Accelerator, like, why do you wanna, why do you wanna start working on it? Well, I haven't had a date in 20 years. Okay. <laughs> In fact, a lot of people who start this process either either excuse me are are either going through a breakup or they're still wounded from a breakup and they haven't they don't they still feel a little bit fucked up from that last breakup and they're wondering, am I going to bring some of my shit into this? I want to actually clean that slate and I realize this is the work to do. And some are in relationships. They've been in limbo for 10 years, 15 years, 
30 years, some, in limbo. And finally are wanting to make a kind of like a loving break. And the cool part about what we do here, and when you dedicate yourself to becoming trigger-proof, to learning how to dance with that dark passenger, all of those problems that I just shared completely vanish. Because what we do is we get everybody to ask. You've been listening to the Trigger Proof Podcast, designed to teach you the most important skill necessary for a dramatically changing world, which is nervous system regulation. Becoming trigger proof doesn't mean trigger less. It means learning how to regulate ourselves to bring us back to center so that we can then be governed by our purpose rather than from our wounds. Anytime there's reactivity, there's a wound. And if you're curious and inspired to learn more, join us at Breathwork and Badassery or the Overview Experience. And a combination of both actually helps you do the work. There's a difference between listening to a podcast and actually showing up live and doing the work with a badass community who's all about breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. It didn't start with you, but it can end with you if you're willing to do the work. See you at the next perfect time. Different question. Instead of going, oh, you know, Oh, I, I found it. Thanks. I guess is what I have to do. I guess I'll stay single. Oh, well. No, you're not doomed. <laughs> the question you want to really start to ask is, can I, from where I am, develop a secure relationship? Or if I am secure, can I really create deeper intimacy in the relationship that I have? And the answer is absolutely, because it doesn't have anything to do with your attachment style to create relationships that you love, that you feel nourished in. You actually have to change and recreate your relationship with yourself, which involves parts of you that you've judged, abandoned, denied, and are ashamed of. The parts of you, the insignificant parts of you, the parts of you that um, you feel are just not good enough, the parts of you that you've had to really cover up and pretend are not there and put out a different version of you, a watered down version of you, a weakened version of you, a less than optimal version of you because you're ashamed of the real you. This is the only way. This is your dark passenger. And without learning how to dance with that shadow I call the dark passenger, because I'm a fan of Dexter, it's these parts of us that we don't really, um, we don't want anybody to know about. And here's the other part, it's parts of us that we can't really see either. That's why a book isn't gonna solve it for you. It's gonna help, I love books. I, I recommend everybody to go get Dr. Russell Kennedy's book because it illustrates it illustrates what we actually do and guide people through. So basically your, you know, your experience with um, attachment styles is not very, uh, is, it, it is, you're not alone in it. 
but there are four primary wounds hidden in your shadows that you must commit to healing. And I'm gonna go over those four wounds right now if you want to master yourself, master your body, master the anxiety in your body, because anxiety is usually what I've observed is these four wounds unaddressed. Let me say that again. Anxiety is a version of these wounds that are unaddressed. And you can actually heal your anxiety. I actually healed my anxiety by addressing these four wounds and integrating those darker parts of myself that I have abandoned so that I could, you know, have people like me or avoid looking stupid or uh, make people think that I'm a really good person. You know what I mean? Those things. And it's, it's there's, there's no freedom in hiding from those things. And so for you to heal, the relationship with you involves you looking at those things that you don't want to look at that aren't available in a podcast, even a video like this, a YouTube video or this Facebook Live, um, it's not going to address it for you. You must look and feel things that look at things that you probably can't even see. That's why they call it your shadows. So to uncover these shadow emotions that you've been running away from that need your attention if you wanna have a secure relationship, Pay attention to where you've been hiding these, not only in your body, but in your life. What behaviors are you running to avoid these feelings? Number one, rejection. The first wound that's hidden in your shadows that you must address is rejection. Who doesn't have that experience, whether you got dumped by a boyfriend, girlfriend, um, you liked somebody, they didn't like you back, or a father that left. Right, this sense of rejection from your parents even. Maybe you're like me, black sheep. My, I never really had, I constantly having this experience that my reality of my preferences were rejected from my parents, right? It brings up these feelings of unworthiness and when we don't address them at the root, they will unconsciously cause us to show up insecure in relationships. This is where our insecurity comes from. And this is what the foundation of our attachment wounds, our insecure attachment wounds, insecure avoidant. You know, you'll be like, as an avoidant, well, I can't stand rejection, so guess what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna push you away first. I'm gonna, as soon as a problem comes, I'm not gonna address it. It's too uncomfortable to risk rejection. So I'm gonna push you away. Or another thing that I'm gonna do, another strategy that my ego uses to avoid rejection is I might date many women at the same time so that if one rejects me, then the next one, I have the next one there so I don't have to deal with that rejection. Does that make sense? So rejection is the first one. The second one is abandonment. The second wound that's hidden in your shadows is abandonment. So this sense of loneliness that we have deep in our kind of psyche that is so painful that in my situation, I did anything and everything to avoid it. I stayed in a long-term relationship that was in limbo. The reason why I was in limbo was because, not because I loved her and I wanted to be with her, hell no, fuck, I never want to, like I just cringe at the thought, but being with that was better to me than to feel loneliness. 
Why? Because that was an unresolved attachment wound of abandonment that I experienced at the age of two, that my brother didn't. When my brother and my mother came to Canada as a two-year-old, for three months I was without the feminine. So deep in my core, in my psyche, in my being, in my unconscious, was this fear of abandonment. So without resolving that, I was showing up in relationships with people that I really wouldn't ever dream of going the distance with, but it was better than being alone because of my fear of abandonment. And you might've had the experience of a not belonging to a tribe or a group, or and this fear of loneliness that comes from that. So you might be carrying this feeling of abandonment, of not belonging, deep in your psyche. And if it's hidden in your shadows, don't be surprised that you're gonna show up anxiously attached, needing, needy, 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 tolerating abusive behavior, because hey, it's better than abandonment and loneliness, right? Number three is the feeling hidden in your shadows is the wound that's hidden is betrayal. Betrayal is when you had with your parents experiences of unfulfilled promises. Unfortunately, what that does is that it creates this sense of not trusting in love. And I see this constantly, people messaging me and they're ready to sign up for one of my uh, things. All of a sudden they freak out and they're like, wait, is this a scam? And I see this again and again and again. Are you real? Is this a scam? Is this some sort of an internet scam? And I'm like, wow, that is betrayal stuck in your body because you think somebody who you've been following for a fucking year <laughs> when it comes and it was a re referral from a friend who's had a great experience and then you turn around in the last minute <laughs> oh my god is this real i want a refund like okay it's like i get what's happening at first i was like what the fuck like that brought up my uh mistrust wounds where i had to prove myself to my mother it's like oh these karens what, what's up with them? I was playing victim to, the, to these um, people who would just freak out over that. And then I realized, wow, betrayal trauma. It's in all of us. And it's, so, it's totally okay that it is. It's just you haven't yet learned how to address it and integrate it. If you don't, you show up with these patterns of not trusting in relationships. And it comes also, you experience without healing this, you experience the unworthiness of receiving unworthiness of receiving and you say you want love but then when you it comes to you you push it away because you don't feel worthy of receiving it you know and then here's the other bitch of it all <laughs> you then see other people who have love and then you feel this terrible envy you're like oh, envy come and then unworthy and oh, i wish i had it but i'm not but i'm not deserving of it because of these betrayal wounds that have repeated throughout. And there's only one way to heal from this. If you don't, you're, if you don't, you're going to consistently experience these same patterns in your attachment wounds. The way you heal it is to go back to those early attachment wounds and through a process of integration, which I've come up with, this is what we do at our overview experience, you actually integrate it and learn the practices. It's a self-directed thing. Nobody could do this for you. This is the cool part about the work we do is that you're the hero. I don't, I'm not the guru or guide. I just, I'm the teacher that teaches how to expand 
capacity in your nervous system so that you can feel those emotions that you've been avoiding because they're so damn painful. Number three was betrayal. Rejection, abandonment, betrayal. Number four is injustice. If you had the experience growing up where you had cold authoritarian parents, right? We see this people who were raised in communism. We have Eastern Bloc uh, clients who, who were raised by parents <coughs> that came from Eastern Bloc and communism or fundamentalist religion. Woo boy, right? You then experience this sense of rigidness and perfectionism is stuck in your body. It's like a wound. And also this deep sense of anger towards authority. We see this a lot in our clients. Sometimes they come in very defiant during our group calls and our events. They show up late. They deliberately, each and every time, they show up late, they don't do their work. Like people sign up, they invest, and then they show up this way. And at first I was pissed. I was like, why would you do this? Like, like you hired me to help you. <laughs> but then all of a sudden I realized I am actually a projection of their authoritarian that they hate. So at every single one of my you know, events, there are students of ours that, you know, I see it as like, they're trying to send me a message that Nima, you're not my fucking authority. And now I'm like, okay, cool. I'm not your authority. I'm just your guide. <laughs> that totally makes sense. And that all comes from this feeling of injustice and having like strict, rigid authoritarian figures, having this perfectionism. So why I'm saying this, why I'm sharing this is because you got to be willing to feel it, to heal it. You gotta be willing to confront it. You gotta be willing to admit it, to shift it. Rejection, abandonment, betrayal, and injustice are deep wounds in our unconscious, in our shadows, that if we don't, if we don't address, then these attachment styles will continually progress and you will continue the patterns and then you'll pass it down to the next generation. And the reason why I do this work is I stand for healed families, healed family dynamics. When you stop pointing the finger and putting blame and responsibility on other people and then turn around and say, you know what, I'm gonna take this responsibility to, like I know that my life situation isn't ideal. I know that I'm up against a lot of things. I know that the way that I was treated isn't fair. But instead of looking outward, I'm gonna take responsibility and look inward. I'm gonna stop rescuing other people. I'm gonna stop saying, oh, you know what? Maybe my, can you help my daughter? Can you help my brother? Can you help so-and-so? So that I go, is your brother or daughter, are they reaching out and following my content because they're inspired? And they're like, no. And I'm like, well, I don't wanna see them because this is like weight loss. You can't tell them to lose weight. They have to call me and go, fuck, you trigger the hell out of me. It really bothers me what you say because of the language you use, Nima, because you're so blunt and assumptive and direct and da-da-da-da-da. But fuck, I get it. You trigger me. <laughs> and I've, I, instead of running from you and judging you, I've decided I want to maybe see what's there. And I'm open to facing my shadows of rejection, abandonment, betrayal, and injustice. And not taking the blame for those things that happened that caused me to feel that way because 
None of it was my fault. None of it was your fault. However, I don't want you to mistake blame for capability. Instead of blame, I want you to say, I'm capable of healing from those. And without healing those, your attachment style is pretty much going to, in high probability, remain the same for the rest of your life. And then you won't be able to have the most amazing experience that life has to offer, which is what? Amazing relationships, a relationship where you feel safe and secure. I was 43 years old before I dedicated deeper into this work, into embodying the truth, into kind of uh, aligned, congruent leadership, rather than kind of put on some sort of a show, the Dr. Nima show, which I used to do. It really did well. It had a good run. And now it's really about helping people override the, the uncomfortable parts about themselves who are willing to kind of override their egoic stories, go past the story and now rewrite a new one and embrace all those shadow parts of themselves that they were blaming and putting it, you know, externally. So if this interests you and you're actually committed to the process, I would love for you to join us at our next uh, overview experience. And this is where actually some of you are already set up and I'm really looking forward to this because what we're doing in this uh, event is we're actually going to uncover and help you get complete with those four core wounds. With those four wounds or whichever one that you're noticing has been most prevalent. And together, as a community, we are going to help heal those within ourselves. Why? Well, because when you do, everything changes with the relationship with yourself. You start to develop security. You start to have the ability to say no. You start to sleep better. You feel safer in your body. Uh, three of my clients over the last year <clears throat> have been able to conceive children which was one of their goals uh, before they started, which there was a block, whether it was a relationship block, whether it was the, the body. There's one client who too much anxiety was terrified and her anxiety was so terrible that she, the thought of having a kid with her and her lovely husband, they were you know, so, so loving and that's all he ever wanted was a kid, but she's like, no, I'm scared as fuck. And so just having healed from those attachment wounds and deal with all of the shame and the guilt, and she had tried everything. And boom, they're now like six months pregnant. And another client of mine who um, was going through a separation and was you know, 42 years old, and she's like, I've been going back and forth in limbo for three years with this motherfucker, and now I'm ready to leave and create a healthy relationship and have a kid. And I, I, don't, get, I don't give a shit. I'm ready to do whatever it takes to become the space and container to have a family because I don't have much time. Well, guess what? She jumped in and committed to the process. She started with that overview experience and had her first kind of like epiphany. She then wanted to work with me privately. Sometimes some of you who are like hell bent, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm ready to do this now. I want you to help me. We have a discovery call application where you apply and then we get to meet you and we see, are you actually ready? Are you ready to invest the time, the resources, 
uh, are you willing to become your own hero? Are you just waiting for Prince Charming to come and save you and rescue you? Are you empowered and resourceful and decisive? Or are you just waiting for somebody else? You, you, you think somebody else is responsible for this? And there are certain criteria that get these results that this 42-year-old entrepreneur within three months separated from husband, moved out, finances are being divided, but she met this amazing guy. They are all in, he's secure, they're secure, he's got his shit together, and they are about to have a baby. This is exactly what she wanted. It was like, whoa, within four months, within four months, anything is possible for your life if you commit to healing what it's really about. And your attachment style is not written in stone. I don't want you to run around like it's your badge of honor. Yay! Please, this is simply a window to healing so that six months from now you can redo that quiz and go, I'm, I'm, in, I'm more of a, in a secure place. I'm the healthiest that I've ever been. So I invite you to join us and see, what's, see what you would love to create. After you jump in, it's, it, after you register, there's a little survey that you get to fill out that tells me exactly what it is that you wanna create. Where are you at and where would you what would you love to create based on this conversation? what's in the way and what happens is when I get this information I can then curate the content to specifically help you that's what this community is about it's about helping you know giving you the content to know exactly what work you're needing to do and I'm not saying you have to do it with us but this is what you need to do it just so happens that in this community, we put it all together, the breath work, the nervous system regulation, clearing past resentments, giving you communication strategies, deepening intimacy, presence, understanding, all of that comes through the trainings because it, it comes through you. So this is what I love teaching. That link takes you there for our upcoming event on Sunday. Many in this community have already signed up. I'm. I'm super duper stoked to read what it is that you'd love to create. What attachment style have you been identified with? And are you committed to actually moving up the ladder to secure a more secure state, not for the sake of your relationship externally, but for the sake of the ability to look in a mirror and say, I love you. That's pretty much a beautiful um, reward in and of itself. Why? Well, the more you love yourself, the more that spills over onto the next generation. The greatest gift you can give your children is a self-loving parent. <clears throat> if you don't believe me, look at your upbringing and ask yourself, how different would my life experience be if my parents truly committed to the work of healing their own attachment wounds? That's why we're here. We stand for healed families. We stand for families coming together in connection so that your the health of, the, of society, the health of your body completely changes when you learn these tools. And um, that's what this community is about. See you at the next perfect time.